This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're back, this time talking about Loki, episode one. For the record, this really does feel like a killing me kind of a room. Not big on trust, are you? Trust is for children and dogs. There's only one person you can trust. Yourself? I like it. Slap it on a t-shirt. If the TVA truly oversees all of time, how have I never heard of you until now? Because you've never needed to. You've always lived within your set path. I live within whatever path I choose. Sure you do. Welcome back, fellow Defenders. This is TV Podcast Industries. We're back with Marvel on Disney Plus and the brand new series, Loki. We're talking about episode one. I am one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders. I am one of your other hosts, John. And rounding out this trio of mischievous miscreants, I am Chris. That's pretty good, Chris. That's a bit of a tongue twister. Well, it is. <laughs> I'm, gonna try, I'm not going to say it again, though. <laughs> the mischievous miscreants. You did it again. There you go. Okay, actually, I I knew I could actually do this quite well. (laughs) Well, we are bowing down before the god, the lord of lies, the god of mischief, Loki himself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Welcome back, fellow defenders. If you haven't uh, been listening to us over the last while since we finished our coverage of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, welcome back. Delighted to have you back with us for another Marvel TV show. We've been covering Star Wars The Bad Batch every week uh, since we finished our coverage of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think we were also still covering uh, Invincible uh, at the time when we we finished uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, So we have a little bit of a uh, slowing down of podcasts, but we've still done a lot of podcasting since the last time you joined us for a Marvel show. Yes. So what we're really trying to say is, while you may have had a break from us in your ear holes we have not stopped we have continued much like uh, the the mcu ever forward ever on and things like that but yes <laughs> we we have not stopped podcasting i need a holiday oh don't worry chris this is worry. my holiday exactly this is the break this is the break if it is the first time you're hearing us since uh, we did falcon the witch soldier that probably means you subscribe to defenders tv podcast where we have all of our marvel shows why not think about subscribing to us on TV Podcast Industries, our main feed, which has all of the podcasts that we do every single week. And you can come and join us uh, for all of our discussions about TV shows. We'd love to love to have you join us over there. What we'd also love from you, as this series of Loki's going on and the other shows we cover, uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love you to email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with your thoughts about any of the shows we're covering. Or you can join us over on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries, where we put up a spoiler post each week for you to uh, put in your thoughts about the episodes as they're airing. Yes, and as we're in the first of our shows, usually I save this to the end, but why not? Because it is the beginning. Ladies and gentlemen, if you like what you have, why not head on over to patreon.com slash TV podcast industries. If you like what you hear, because you know what? It helps keep the hamsters running, which help keep the servers going. We feed the hamsters through your beautiful patronage. So head on over to patreon.com slash TV podcast industries, where just for a single dollar, like what we saw flying out of the plane in this episode, you can help keep (laughs) our hamsters in food, but more importantly, also keep our editors in caffeine because that keeps them up into the wee hours of the night as he edits away Mm -hmm. our musings on the MCU. Yes, you can also head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI, where you can just buy Derek a coffee. Thank yeah, you. absolutely, absolutely. Um, feeding our hamsters or 
feeding me and feeding yeah. me coffee. Uh, definitely. Yes. You could also contribute the exact amount of dollars that were falling out of that plane. That looked like a lot of dollars. That were <laughs> yes. out of that plane. Yes. Yes. If you want to, you can give us all <laughs> the DB that. cash. Absolutely. And of course, if not, you can support us by subscribing and sharing uh, the podcast. Because sharing the podcast is, of course, sharing Sharing the love, love, which is especially important for Pride Month. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We always love sharing the love in Pride Month. Definitely. Uh, Let's get on with our discussion about this episode. Lucky, we are recording this a little bit in advance, so we will just be talking about the episode without, unfortunately, any of your feedback. Uh, But we do want to hear from you about what you thought about the episode. Um, This episode was written by Michael Waldron, um, who's the head writer for the show. Uh, He wrote one episode of Rick Rick and Morty and... Really interestingly, he's also the writer of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. He took over the main writing duties when uh, Sam Raimi took over the director duties uh, for this sequel to Doctor Strange. Yes, indeed he is. And he is very good friends with Jack Schaefer, and I believe as well just because of uh, uh, Wanda uh, being involved in the Multiverse of Madness, Mm -hmm. there has been uh, certainly a little bit of chit-chat between them uh, in order that he is um, carrying on uh, Wanda's story as well from WandaVision. Excellent. So, yes, great Jack Schaefer, the, the head writer for, for WandaVision. Yeah, that's, uh, yes. that's really interesting. And there is quite a lot of timey-wimey stuff going on uh, in uh, in this episode. So, yes, mm-hmm. all very mad and multiversey. Absolutely. Yeah, and we did see a very prominent Easter egg to a very prominent strange foe. In this episode as well, so who well, knows? Yes, absolutely. I'm cer- we're certainly going to be talking about that as we go into the episode. Definitely. Uh, and when John mentioned this to me about uh, about Michael Waldron being uh, a good friend of uh, Jack Schaefer's, I suddenly was going, "Wait a minute! Does that mean we might get Wanda in the show? Could we get Doctor Strange in the show? Could we get um, Loki going directly into?" Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, of course. That's all really likely if this is the uh, the person that's writing uh, the co- the continuing story, effectively, to tie it all in together. Uh, but this episode was directed by Kate Heron. Uh, I believe uh, Kate's directing all of the episodes uh, for the show, all six episodes. Uh, a UK-based director um, and directed the second half of Series 1 of the excellent show Sex Education, uh, starring Asa Bullerfield and Gillian Anderson. A really good show if you haven't got to see it. Um, it's It's got a good kind of mix of drama and comedy, a little bit more comedy at times. Um, Definitely. A kind of comedy of errors, would you say, or awkward comedy a lot. Yeah, awkward. Yeah. Yeah, so Very awkward. It kind of gives me the feeling, with a writer for Rick and Morty and a writer for Sex Education, I feel like during Loki we're going to get a bit more of a comedy uh, TV show uh, than we've seen in the past. A little bit more comedy uh, than we've seen. Probably closer to the to the Thor side of the and Guardians of the Galaxy side of the Marvel Universe than, let's say, the Captain America and the Falcon and Winter Soldier side. 100%. Yeah. We are getting... The Ragnarok styled Guardian, the Ragnarok styled Loki with the kind of Guardian sense, the J, the J, James Gunn kind of sense of humor. Mm-hmm, maybe, yeah. In that you can see it already sprinkled throughout this, where we're getting from very serious moments and some very drama filled emotion mm-hmm. and then. Uh, an animated cartoon that makes you giggle. There yeah. are some funny bits, and I yeah. guess the situation just with some of the devices and that yes. is, is pretty good <laughs> as well. Absolutely. Um, I have to say. And one of the best slow-mo action sequences, well, or just <laughs> wobble sequences ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did giggle. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode, the first episode of Loki Season 1? Sure. 
Following his battle with the Avengers in New York, Loki, god of mischief, was captured and awaiting transport back to Asgard to be punished for his crimes. But in their search for the Infinity Stones to defeat Thanos in the future, the Avengers travelled back to 2012 to retrieve the Tesseract. Fortunately for Loki, during the time heist, the Tesseract was dropped at his feet, allowing him to escape. Unfortunately, this change in destiny altered the sacred timeline, drawing the attention of the Time Variance Authority. Loki is captured by TVA Hunter B-15 and put on trial for his crimes in front of Judge Ravona Renslayer. Meanwhile, TVA employee Mobius M. Mobius is investigating a series of murders in the timeline of other TVA agents, the Minutemen. He saves Loki from his trial and explains the work of the Time Variance Authority is to uphold the events deemed sacred by the three interdimensional beings known as the Timekeepers. As Loki diverged from this timeline, he's now a variant of the original Loki. Mobius needs Loki's help to capture the murderer as he believes it's another Loki variant travelling through time. If Loki helps end the threat, a meeting with the Timekeepers is on the table. Very specific wording there from Mobius about um, the possibility that Loki might get something by helping them out here. I don't think he's going to get anything. I don't think there's any promise made here from Mobius at all if he helps out the TVA. It feels like, what is it that you want? We'll talk about that, you know, <laughs> like like when uh, you want dessert and your mom says to you, said to you, wait and see what you'll get. Uh, just eat your dinner first. Um, it feels <laughs> a little bit like that. Uh, this episode had so many introductions to this brand new concept, really, to Marvel. There's been time travel we've seen, obviously, within uh, Avengers Endgame. Uh, and this is the first time we're having this uh, introduction to the Time Variance Authority and what that means and these ideas of variance. So, uh, so lots to talk about, I think, uh, with the first episode. In that vein, uh, we normally have our bullet points or our discussion points for the episode. We're going to call them variants uh, for this for this season of Loki. So, variant one, our number one point. I wanted to just talk about that opening sequence, the the connection with Endgame, the literally taking the scene from this multi billion dollar movie that was made uh, and put up on screen and using that as your intro to the Loki TV show. What a great idea! Yeah, we oh, yeah. get, yeah, absolutely. Um, and we get the answer to the question, where did Loki go mm. as well? Uh, which was quite good, even though weirdly it was Mongolia. Um, yeah. it's as good as place as anywhere, I guess. Um, so mm. that was, uh, yeah, that's where he, he kind of went to. Although I thought it was funny that it effectively dropped him about, I don't know, a thousand meters above the earth. <laughs> so he had to come sort of crashing down a bit like a meteor, uh, must have hurt, I guess. Um, but mm-hmm. he has been slapped around by the Hulk a few he times, so I think he's probably used to it at this stage. It's um, been a tough day for Loki Levinson. But uh, I did like the fact that they literally just kind of took all that footage um, from uh, Endgame and mm-hmm. just kind of wove it in here. I thought it was pretty, pretty good. And a, a nice little setup, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely love it. It was just the, the overall, the usage, the tie-in. The best way to think about this is they could have taken any Loki point. Mm. Like we accepted like they kind of set it up obviously in Endgame yeah, that we absolutely. knew it was coming. But yeah. they could have done it like two years later, mm-hmm. Loki has been jumping around the multiverse well, sorry, jumping around at this point now the multiverse, but the, the, the timeline. Yeah. Um it's two years after his escape and this has happened. Mm. Now it's literally they got him split seconds later. 
So it's still that Loki from 2012. And I, that's, I adore that. Yeah. Cause it is the, it's the Loki you love to hate. It's the Loki we originally fell in love with. Yes, it's the original, uh, the original Loki who's the, the main antagonist in, in Avengers. Um, I, I think I'm just, because we've been podcasting on Marvel now for almost six years, um, with all of the, all of the shows on Netflix and, uh, all the shows on ABC and now two shows on Disney Plus, I think I'm just still not used to them including so much footage from the MCU movies. Like, you know, things like Agents of Shield and Daredevil and, uh, Jessica Jones. There were things like mentions of the attack on New York and you'd maybe get a little kind of shadowy glimpse of footage from the movies, whereas, Actually opening your brand new TV show with this three minute clip from, as I say, the billion dollar movie that was, uh, was Avengers Endgame. Um, it just felt, it felt, wow, we are in the movies now. Like we are absolutely jumping off from here and going straight into a new TV show directly from the movies. But it's, it's that nice drop, isn't it? Because, and we'll get to it with one of our other variants, but it, it, it's that split in his timeline mm-hmm. that he does yeah. Uh, yeah. that you get to learn about uh, earlier be- because of sort of being shown effectively what he's missed from from the other movies. Um, and so I, th- that's really, really good. And I think with the whole um, Time Variance Authority and their explanation around time and multiverses, um, you know, it, it, it nicely links to, um, Bruce Banner and the Hulk with the Ancient One mm-hmm. from Endgame as well, in terms of how she is describing the, the change in the timelines on, yeah. on top of the Sanctum Santorum. So, yeah, and yeah this is all starting to build this notion of, I'll add to it further on, um, the, the multiverse, because we, you know, we get mention of Nexus here, which, Again, very important from the WandaVision. So it's all building, re- you know, and connecting really, really nicely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know when Feige said these were going to be really connected to the movies, you know, I mean, not only is it just simply that they're using footage here mm-hmm. in different ways. Here, you know, we got that sort of str- straight off block of three minutes, but you, you got the, you know, you got the footage uh, from different movies in in both the previous two as well, with Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision. Yeah. But but it's also just that you know it's it's points in the movies being spun out into the storylines that are connecting to the next set of movies. So it's just yeah. really really good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Let's get on to that discussion about the TVA and their objectives. The the introduction that we have here to the Time Variance Authority as our uh, second variant because it did strike me you literally mentioned it there John it did strike me that uh, conversation that the ancient one had with uh, Bruce Banner or with the Hulk um in Endgame she talks about this idea of the variant she talks about the idea of the uh, the main timeline splitting off into other timelines and how terrified she is that her timeline will be completely destroyed by what the Avengers are doing and that makes you now after watching this episode of the show it makes you think that the ancient one doesn't even know about the TVA at all. Yeah. Uh, Loki questions them. Loki says, well, how would I not know about you? I'm a god. I've gone around every place in the universe. Why have I never heard of you guys? And he's told by Mobius, well, you didn't hear about us because you were just stuck on your predestined path along the timeline. You're yeah. supposed to be going down and we didn't need to tell you that we were here. So I kind of I like this idea that they're the shadowy organization that's in the background fixing things that are, that are let's say, broken uh, in inverted commas, uh, according to their timeline. Yeah, absolutely. 
So what we previously had in Marvel is S.H.I.E.L.D. And then we had S.H.I.E.L.D. in space, S.W.O.R.D. And mm-hmm. now we have Time S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. in time. S.H.I.E.L.D. in time. <laughs> so there you go. It's just, And that's why you like it. It's a shady organization in the back fixing things. Yeah. You just, it's yeah. just any type of S.H.I.E.L.D. You're like, yeah, I, 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 I love it. shadowy organizations. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, it's not even necessarily shadowy. They're mm. kind of like, infor- I mean, not that you're getting that they're innately evil in in that sense they're not like hydra shadowy are you not getting no that? i not necessarily <laughs> i mean uh, to me this really reminds me of the the magic accountancy uh, from the mark wade doctor strange the recent mark wade doctor strange where you have t holstrom who's doing the the accountancy on the price of magic that, mm-hmm. that you uh got introduced with the aaron uh run of the end of magic so it, it feels like that something kind of almost extra dimensional, um, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere, um, cause we do get to glimpse, I guess the TVA or dare I say it, the city or the world that the TVA, uh, resides in, you know, unless mm-hmm. that is the full TVA because it has to do so much because it's, de- it's well, for the it's, whole universe, yeah, but the entire timeline and every single person in it. It's, <laughs> like, it's that notion it's of the bureaucratic behind mm-hmm. the scenes office, uh, intervening to sort out uh, a mess. Um, yeah. and it reminded very much of the Mark Wade sort of magic yeah. accountancy aspect. Um, but I which think, is, which is a really, uh, rare i suppose a lot of people wouldn't know about that idea and the concept is the same it's effectively whenever magic is used in the world in the comic books there's this authority that are watching over it going what's the cost of that piece yeah, of what's magic? the price for, for the magic but in terms of the tva themselves and their own objectives we do get that excellent uh, oh, uh, cartoon um voiced by tara reed uh yeah, the miss, miss minute, minute uh, who gives the guidance through um a, an animated uh, life cycle of the world effectively and what the tv is for and their objectives um which is there has been determined that there is one specific sacred timeline that as long as that's kept uh, the world or the universe won't spin off into multiple multiverses which will destroy everybody in it because that happened and in in kind of again in inverted commas that happened a very long time ago um yes which was corrected and consolidated mm-hmm. into this sacred timeline by the three three timekeepers uh-huh. um the- and so then stepping off the path is the nexus event that could lead to chaos yeah. um or madness maybe and you have the you know effectively the TVA agents these minutemen are then enforcing against the variants bringing them in mm-hmm. correcting that timeline and then the variants are getting reprogrammed reset or wiped or, or wiped and going to in, in front of that court uh, in order to stop the creation of the new timeline and preserve the sacred one. And so, I mean, when we see uh, Loki, you know, hitting the ground uh, in in Mongolia, that's where we see these Minutemen mm-hmm. coming in. You do get literally the best slow-mo hit uh, ever from um, Hunter B-15. And I just love that, you know, 
she hits him and then as his <laughs> I've never seen someone's lips and cheeks wobble <laughs> yeah, uh, so good. much it was just so funny so good um, I love you know and you're feeling you know this pain in real time mm-hmm. uh, as it's going in, in slow-mo yeah. uh, and he gets brought then into the TVA for processing absolutely basically. definitely want to call out Hunter B-15 as well uh, the actress who plays uh, the role as Wunmi Masaku who we covered uh, on her show in a breakout role in uh, Lovecraft Country. Absolutely yes. fantastic yeah. in that show and great to see her in the Marvel Universe. Genuinely looks like she's having fun in every scene as well. <laughs> looks like she's really enjoying uh, being in the role as well. So great to see her back. So um, myself and uh, Mr. O'Neill, mm-hmm. um, last night we were discussing the uh, multiverse mm-hmm. as a whole, as a concept being introduced more and more and more into the MCU. Yes. And I am doubling down on my discussion point from yesterday, which is I really do think that the big overarching, the overarching kind of phase four, phase five is the multiverse. That is the overall big threat that it's going to be destroyed uh, or like it's the culmination of how you bring all these different things that they can talk about, like Mm -hmm. potentially a Miles Morales Spider-Man or um, the Fantastic Four or Mm -hmm. the Venom or all the other different weird, the X-Men. It's like how you can theoretically bring everything into one singular universe timeline aspect and have it that the, the audience can understand. Yeah. They are sprinkling multiple, multiple seeds. They're planting all these seeds now for this explanation of, understanding for the greater audience so Mm -hmm. the people who watch disney plus plus then over the mcu people understanding that there is these other universes these other dimensions these that that are bad yeah not bad because they are evil universes Mm -hmm. but those do exist um they are bad because they jeopardize the overall continuity of everything so they must the the tva protected dr strange protects it Mm. um all these things the multiverse of madness will go into this further far from home oh a long way home the new spider-man will go into this theoretically rumored uh this is this show of loki is nothing but the discussion on the uh, multiverse and the variants and things like that. Absolutely. Yeah, and potentially seeing it for for the first time Mm -hmm. or at least getting to that sort of threshold of of before we take the plunge with Multiverse of Madness uh, into it, I guess. Because Marvel has pulled the rug out from under us before on this. We had the last uh, Spider-Man movie, which was supposed to have multiverse elements in it, which ended off being a total lie. Uh, WandaVision, supposed to have multiverses in it, which also ended off being a lie. Um, And now we're having discussions about a multiverse out there in in Loki. the reason Chris mentions this fellow defenders is because I completely disagreed with him uh, about yeah. the idea that this is going to be the future. So uh, totally uh, laughing uh, when I watched the episode about half an hour after you left last night, Chris, uh, watching the episode going, wow, okay, they are doubling down on this. Yes, um, see? <laughs> <laughs> but they, there's one thing that popped into my head about this whole description of uh, of the multiversal war, effectively, this yeah. idea that a war happened with all the multiverses which created the TVA. And it popped into my head when that moment happens where Loki looks out over the whole new city and I'm kind of thinking, well, that looks really futuristic. So that looks like uh, thousands of years further in time. So is the multiversal war they're talking about, is that started in Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and we have it going on throughout multiple movies and TV shows 
from now on in our world, <laughs> in our timeline, kind of 2024, 2025 is when these are all set. And then the TVA is created thousands of years down the line and they come back and fix what the outcome of all of these things. Is that yeah. is that kind of the idea? Or that they've been around for millions of years fixing it. That happened, mm-hmm. that multiversal break happened forever ago, like millennia ago. And now there's another, the Doctor Strange one is a second break, a second multiversal war break. So my my feeling is this is the multiversal break that happened a long time ago is the one that's coming up in the Marvel universe. That that's that's my way. feeling of it. We we yeah. have no idea. Well Mobius Mobius does say time operates differently mm-hmm. in the TVA and he, I I guess he's not just talking about the you know the uh the great sort of neck tag that he mm-hmm. uses to rewind um Loki very quickly if he is about to attack him or yeah. whatever. So like they have these devices that can that reset timelines that can move an individual so there's all these different things and the yeah. kind of doors um that they they go through to go into those different times but you know and in a sense we we see that with the axon provence uh where this there is a, a you know a dangerous variant that has attacked the Minutemen where it's it's back in time in 1549 mm-hmm. in, in a church in in france so it's you know the the operates differently in the yeah. TVA. Yeah. It could be for that wider kind of city um, and so on. So I, I really like this because, I mean, like, Multiverse of Madness, you have uh, Miss Minute talking about, you know, this split into multiple universes mm-hmm. leading to chaos uh, and potential destruction. You know, all this stuff is synonymous with madness, the, the chaos uh, and all that. Yeah. So it could very well be that, yeah, the... The big Nexus event um, that has shaped it will be the Multiverse of Madness. So actually, that would be really interesting for this because, in effect, Loki is back in time seeing stuff that he hasn't experienced yet because he's used the Tesseract to move out of his timeline. But they could be... Miss Minute could be explaining something that we haven't seen yet and are about to see yeah. in the yeah. multiverse of madness. So, um, yeah, this is getting this is lovely. This yeah. is complex. Lovely. I remember when we all watched Endgame and it took us a little while to get it all together when we were doing the podcast about it. I remember we had to kind of nail exactly what they were talking about when they talked about, um, at the end of the movie, Captain America traveling back through time to sell, to kind of fix everything back to the yeah. way it was beforehand. And still, to this day, a lot of Marvel fans, a lot of viewers of those movies are still confused about how that time travel worked. Um, so do you think they accomplished a good job in this episode of explaining it? Or do you think it's over heavy on the, uh, no. on the information dump? Or do you think it's really important to get this information dump now with what's coming up in the future? So personally, I think they, it was, this whole episode is an exposition. It's Basel Exposition. It's an exposition dump. It's it's everything you need to set up this series of six episodes. Mm-hmm. It's Basel Exposition to the max. Yes. It, oh, yeah. It's like, Definitely. it's, they, they basically, they're introducing, again, we're not, we are not, the, the, well, we are the target audience, but we're not the final audience. And we have a lot more knowledge and understanding from reading basic comic books. 
just the the multiverse is a, is a has been in the comic book staple for hundreds of years. I'm obviously being facetious here, but you understand. Like, since the dawn <laughs> of comic books, there has been multiverses. No. Um, but in the Marvel and DC, this is a very known and understood thing. And yeah. to the point where they've collapsed multiverses into a single universe in the Marvel comic book universe. Yeah. And then have redone multiverse again. Same with DC. They brought it all into one universe through multiple crises. Mm-hmm. And then have split them out. So... I feel they have successfully explained the TVA and branching timelines from both Endgame and this. Yeah. When taken together, it makes even more sense. When you have yeah. our burden of knowledge, it makes even more sense. Mm-hmm. I think basic understanding, Joe Soap, who comes in and hasn't watched Endgame, multiple other shows, has seen maybe Thor and the Avengers back in the day. Um and then, oh, I remember that character. I liked him. I'm going to check this out. Oh, I think are, they yeah. are going to understand it's going to be difficult, but I think they're going to be able to grasp the basic tenets of this branching timeline kind of variant thing. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because I think Loki is probably the most breakout character of all of the Marvel movies. There's a lot of people that are fans of Loki, of Tom Hiddleston's performance as Loki, who don't necessarily have any interest in the superhero side of stuff. Yeah. So there's a lot, I think there's going to be quite a few people that will tune into this show, not really knowing much um, about about what's happened since. So I think the episode had a lot to accomplish here. There's the explanation of the TVA, and let's go on to variant number three, the explanation of all of the stuff that Loki's missed out on by being pulled out of the timeline because he had the opportunity to steal the Tesseract and uh, and jump out of his out of his place in New York where he's supposed to be and supposed to be punished. Um, they have to explain all that stuff that happened to Loki, basically. Yeah, no, I, I love this because I think even in my own mind, I hadn't actually fully grasped um, that what we were seeing in Endgame was him missing a load of stuff from Dark World, Ragnarok and the Thanos attack mm-hmm. that he hadn't seen. So like, and again, it, it's to Tom Hiddleston's performance um, where he's seeing the death of his I guess adoptive mother, um, for the first time, as well as, um, his father, um, Odin, and seeing, um, you know, him experience that with Thor and also kind of his and Thor's slight reconciliation. Yeah, so yeah, seeing this all for the first time and it just that he's, you know, he's thinking this is a trick. He, he's thinking this is, you know, he's coming at it from himself um in in terms of what mischief is going on here this is a trick this is uh, a joke being played on me mm-hmm. um until he's grasping uh, the idea that actually this is um this is stuff genuine stuff that he's missed and i think certainly um you know it's it, it's a great little th- uh, through thread from uh, when his mom uh, talks about you know that you are that you understand everyone except yourself yeah. you you don't understand yourself and you have mobius trying to find out from him uh, and because effectively mobius has has um prevented loki from being reset at at the court ruling um he to get this dangerous variant and yeah. so but mobius too is looking for um to to find out what 
and to be honest about what he does and why you do it. And you get some really poignant moments with um, all this stuff that he's missed from the dark world that, you know, he inadvertently led to his mother's death. And mm-hmm. um, he's seen Odin pass away and then ultimately as well with Endgame. He's, uh, he's missed Endgame um, and he sees his own death. In, Everybody in saw Endgame. All you need to do is buy a ticket. <laughs> but I love that he sees his own death because, mm-hmm. you know, possibly this is an explanation um, to, you know, the dangerous variant of him that some, Maybe you know, that he's trying to prevent his own death. That could yeah. ultimately, um, because he, you know, we hear him. He wants to rule. It's like what he did when he arrived in Mongolia. Immediately got onto the highest point, which was this rock, to try and say, you know, bow down before me, you know, uh, mortal peasants, and, and worship me. I am the god of mischief, um, and I am burdened with a glorious purpose, which is yes. echoed in this scene after he sees everything that happens to him that he hasn't experienced. He echoes it and says, "Some glorious purpose that I ended off accomplishing." So he's realized. All of the stuff that he's been fighting for, all this control he thought he was going to have, all the posturing of being the god of mischief comes out and turns out to be nothing. Because yeah. nothing, yeah. No, he doesn't ever achieve the goal that he has to become leader, at least in the clips they showed. Because if you do remember, when uh, Thor arrived to uh, back to Asgard, uh, he finds Loki has been sitting on the throne for quite a few years. Uh, so he yeah. actually did lead Asgard for a while. For a moment, um, yes. Yeah, for a while, a good, good couple of years. Um, so uh, so they, they didn't show that side uh, of what was going on with Loki, but I don't think that would have been enough for him. Anyway. I absolutely adored this. Because the question I had was, when you take the 2012 Loki, the, the Avengers Loki, you are literally missing all that character growth. And he, he was a fun, he was a fun villain. He was a greater anti-hero, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I think this is what this will, they had to, within theoretically this episode, and they have, I think we'll get on to whether we think they achieved it or not. They've, they've grown the character to a degree as much as they could within mm-hmm. 60 minutes, 50 minutes to show, Oh, no, 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 look, you are not that Loki anymore. You were this to be this Loki. This is your greater purpose. And I think him tweaking his greater purpose will be on the next episode, things like that. But essentially showing the folly of his ways, mm-hmm. like the, the, the hoisted by his home patad, if you will, in that he's being, like, his greater purpose is not... To rule, his greatest purpose is to die mm-hmm. and to essentially embolden his brother. Yeah. And, uh, and through not just so starting in the dark world, yeah. in the dark world, he, jo- he teams with Thor, then into Ragnarok, where they go on an epic adventure uh, to the ends of the universe and beyond and mm-hmm. destroy Agar and then save Agar and then. They're still like it's just all that that anti-hero in Loki is the one that yeah. everyone loved. That, yeah, like the, that's the reason he got this show. And isn't it interesting? In this scene, they're effectively saying to Loki, uh, the TVA are saying to Loki by by doing all of this stuff, it doesn't actually amount to what you want to uh, want yeah. it to amount to. So effectively, Loki's going all those plans, all those things that I'm going to do in the future. I have to avoid those because if I do those, I'm going to end off dead at the hands of Thanos. Yeah, basically. and he he has that break. 
sort of down, I guess. Not, I mean, not literally, but he, 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 you know, he breaks down where, you know, he calls himself the god of mischief and you, you've had Mobius kind of pushing him about, <laughs> well, you know, you're the big metaphor guy and uh, <laughs> makes you sound smart, you yeah. know, and, um, you know, everything he shows him, he's, you know, he, he starts it off, does Mobius with, um, here's your greatest highlights of mm-hmm. which they're all kind of fairly, uh, quite ungreat for him because they lead to the, the death of, the one person he had that relationship with uh, yeah. on Asgard, which was his mother. Yeah. Uh, and he ultimately sees his own death and the things that he will miss, like the death of Odin. Uh, but he sees Odin saying, you know, I love my sons. That includes him, even mm-hmm. though, you know, he was taken from the frost giant. So all of this, and ultimately you have um Loki saying, you know, the the honesty, I guess, that comes out of him um, is that the mischief while, you know, all this stuff that hurts people, I don't, he says, I don't like to hurt people, all this mischief, all of this is the trick by the weak mm-hmm. um, to project, you know, effectively Fear. power or control and um, to protect themselves. So it's just a there, side effect of trying to instill yeah. fear is what he says. So, yeah. it, so yeah. it's that kind of, just that breakdown to realize that his mischief, yes, it's a power, yeah, but it's because he has, I guess, this weakness yeah. um, of and fear because yeah. he wasn't an Asgardian. He's like, I don't actually want to kill anybody, but that does happen when you try to tell, I'm try not- to make people afraid. Like Mo- Mobius calls him out pretty quickly on that kind of guy. Yeah. You, you call yourself the god of mischief. This isn't mischief. This is killing people. It's not. It's not mischief. Uh, but something that we didn't really talk about on the TVA side of things. Um, it's. Interesting because they wouldn't consider themselves as heroic. They wouldn't consider themselves as people that want to stop bad people or villains. Simply a good person who doesn't turn up to work on time and changes their uh, and changes the timeline will be killed and will be taken out of that timeline and will be punished for going off the path they're supposed to be on. So they are cleansing things that go wrong on the timeline whether good or bad, whether for positive or negative reasons. They're absolutely hmm. yeah. uh, with one singular purpose. So they're not heroes here. They're not defenders of anything other than this timeline. I love that Loki calls that out. Um, similarly to what we saw in Umbrella Academy uh, with the uh, the Time Authority, I think it was, in, in yep. Umbrella Academy, um, where the people behind this, you have to wonder, are their intentions correct? Is the timeline that they're trying to preserve here, this sacred timeline, why is that timeline the most important timeline that's being protected? And Loki calls that out. He kind of goes, well, who makes that decision? Or will they make that decision? These uh, three uh, reptile-looking uh, aliens, I think is, is how yeah. they're described. The timekeepers. Yeah. So yeah. are they really, do they really have the best interest of uh, Earth and the universe and the regular galaxy to, to mind? Is that is that what's going on or are they stopping things and creating a timeline that's best for themselves and they've created the story and um, the animated uh, movie the one that looked like the Jetsons um, the that has all this description and all the all the stuff that's going on at the end of it there's kind of a copyright mark uh, for the TVA and it, it, unfortunately I didn't write down what it actually says but it's something like um the um information department of the TVA something like that and it sounds really like uh, propaganda department yeah. of the TVA. So it makes you think that, yes, of course, this isn't exactly the truth, but it makes you think that it's a created truth that they show to everybody to say, hey, we're, we're the good people. Don't worry. But it does seem like they're not good 
or bad, it looks like they're protecting a timeline and maybe the people that created that timeline are the villains. And so, uh, Yes, but it's also yes. then the question of, it's the Ancient One again, remember? It's the Ancient One doing using dark magic mm-hmm. to control uh, the... the to or was it basically to protect the world and be, to keep herself young to, and, and yeah and, continue um, to stay yeah. so it's like do you do what evil is necessary in order to for the greater good yeah but what is the greater good is the greater good in the best interest of everybody or is the greater good in the interest of the timekeepers? Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued if that's part of the storyline for the series itself I uh, just wanted to uh, move on to variant four which is our just just a quick mention of the fight between uh Loki and Hunter B-15 in these scenes, just after he's learnt of his death and everything that's going on, he's lost his glorious purpose, uh, Hunter B-15 comes in to to arrest him again, effectively, but I love that they get into a fight, and he does effectively win. He's able to get himself free of his collar, um, throws the collar around Hunter B-15, and does that hilarious moment when he gets her to jump (laughs) back and forth uh, through, through... uh, through time, I guess, um, so and speeds it up, and speeds, and speeds it, up. it up, and then just go like just, he's, it looks like he's kind of moving around a dial just faster and faster yeah. until he just like goes wee and yeah. flicks it off, and then she doesn't <laughs> kind of come back, and it's like where's she gone? I love how she's coming back in, and I, you can hear her going, "Stop it, stop." It stop it. Stop it. Which is <laughs> really funny. But, Actually she flicks yeah. to Casey, who's the guy who's kind of on the front desk who takes the Tesseract mm-hmm. off um off Loki when he or off B fifteen, Hunter B fifteen when uh, she brings Loki in. Yeah. Uh, there's a nice little scene with him where Loki has escaped from Mobius because he's gotten that little device that allows him to jump through time within mm. the TVA. Can I just make a note about that really quickly? That is a device that's supposed to keep Mobius safe, and he keeps leaving it out of his <laughs> hands reach. You see him reaching yeah. for it twice to stop Loki. He knows who Loki is, but he leaves it out of his hands. It's like the remote control on the TV, isn't it? Oh, I guess. If, if you had someone Who like... Who puts it in the like, pocket? Yeah, if you had someone like the God of Mischief there, um, you'd definitely keep it close. But yes, he uses that device to get out and uh, go and try and retrieve the Tesseract. But just with, with, with Casey, um, it, you know, Loki's looking for the Tesseract to come back to actually then teleport out of the TVA, mm-hmm. which he finds he can't do because yeah. magic is nullified. Like, I love in the court where he kind of starts to do his big magic sort of build-up. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens, and you've got all the Minutemen just kind of sniggering behind because it's <laughs> like, this is really funny. Yeah. Um, and But he says to to Casey, you know, I'll gut you like a fish, and, and Casey's there going, what's a fish? Which is <laughs> yeah. really kind of, okay. Well, that's a weird, weird reference, yeah. um, but ultimately he gets the gist of it and um, that, you know, he, he will die horribly, I think. Uh, yeah. Loki elaborates on what that yeah. metaphor means. I think Casey, um, Casey explains it later on, saying he says he was going to turn me into a fish and then kill me. Uh, so he's, <laughs> he's close to the yeah. intent. <laughs> the, uh, I just, while we're on this uh, fourth variant, uh, I just want to call out the, the choice of the different actors for mm-hmm. all of them, for Mobius, for Casey, for, um, the, the judge. Mm-hmm. Like, all of these, these are all good actors. Yeah. And they're, all, I know they're probably going to play, they, they, they're part of the bureaucracy. So they're going to play core pieces mm-hmm. throughout this series, but they're fun. Like, I, hand on heart, I'm not a fan of Owen Wilson. I like, agree. Yeah. I just never really enjoyed like the, the him and the Vince Vaughn kind of films, mm. um, internship kind of uh, wedding plan crashers things like that. It's just 
don't know what it is. You're you're allowed to not like them. They're not very good. It's yeah. okay. But surprisingly enjoyed him in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like him in this episode, B15, um, the Casey, just they all bring this either bring a flair, uh, some fun, the the the, the inevitable bureaucracy, mm-hmm. even Miss Minute, the, mm-hmm. the animated narrator. It all just felt right. Yeah, exactly. Like correct. And it was just good casting. Yeah. And the I just hand on heart, it just it's the same thing we thought for Flag Smashers, uh in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing we thought for uh one division with like uh Catherine Han as Agatha Harkness. Um like it's just all really well done casting, and Absolutely. I think that just adds yeah. So many layers, even supporting Kirk characters, just like Casey. It's just probably didn't need to be the actor who it is. But just because it is him, he can bring that comedic chops to it. And it's just fun. Um, Yeah. So I just wanted like, as the, yes, the fight with Hunter B-15 is fantastic. It's well done. And it starts to show the ability of these, using time as a weapon. Like, we get to see the different aspects of using time as a weapon throughout this episode, and it's fun, and that will be playing into multiple fights in the future when Loki has, instead of his two daggers, he gets, like, the two batons of time, and the cl- or one baton and a clicker. Like, Maybe, he's going yeah. to be, it's going to, like, you're going to get some very fun, visually appealing fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Chris. They really do have a great a, do a great job with casting on these shows on Marvel. You know, having having uh, Google and Bathur Raw in uh, in the role as the judge. Um, yeah. We are big Doctor Who fans here, um, so we recognize her as uh, as uh, one of the main characters in uh, in Doctor Who, uh, the sister of uh, Martha Jones, uh, who was Doctor Who's companion. So we saw her quite a lot on on there. So uh, great yes. to see her in, in a big Marvel TV show as well. Um, yes, and Casey himself, I was I, literally, the moment he came on screen, I was asking about the Tesseract, I was going, he's really funny. I like his delivery here. So uh, so seeing him twice more in the episode and hopefully a bit more as the office clerk uh, later on in the show, I think he'll be a, he'll be a, um, a, an interesting character to watch. Maybe like Herb from uh, from Umbrella Academy, who was a character we got to really like in Umbrella Academy season two. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Let's get on to our final moment because we have we have kind of referenced it a little bit more, our, our variant five. Um, the mission for Loki now is, is going to find the violent Loki variant. No, the dangerous the, Loki variant. Yes. Yes. I, I say violent because uh, effectively he seems to have killed quite a lot of people. That is <laughs> true. That is yeah. true. Um, but the alternative is the pussycat variant, which true. is the Loki that we see in front of Mobius, mm-hmm. um, which is quite good. But yeah. The, you did not like that at all. The reaction from Tom Hiddleston on Tom Hiddleston's face of being called the pussycat. No, exactly, was, exactly, uh, was fantastic. Yeah. But the interesting thing with this, with Mobius saying, you know, his his kind of deal is that, well, we need your help mm-hmm. to track down this da- dangerous variant. But he does say, um, because it's another Loki. Um, he thinks yep. it's another Loki. So I, I, but I like that there's still the little bit of doubt, but I, I guess we have, um, yes, a dangerous Loki in, in one form or another, or mm. maybe multiple, uh, Lokis here working together. Um, but I wonder if it all, it does come back to a single Loki. Cause I'm just wondering whether 
seeing his death, seeing all that, as I said, whether that spurs him um, to utilize this new situation of a very powerful organization uh-huh. that can manipulate time and um, and people and space and space yeah. and, and and people's um fate um and that he you know gets that mischievous little spark in his mind and and so it, it comes back to him using multiple variants of himself maybe yeah maybe that's it and and the uh, the thing that this um that this variant loki uh, as mobius is calling him anyway uh, the thing he's stealing is the reset devices so he's trying not to get time reset from certain points that the yeah. uh, tva are at that seems to be part of his plan i'm just interested in why we didn't see the face we got uh hood over and this traveling killer, uh, for the three times it was in the episode, we had a hood over the head, uh, or we didn't see him in one of the, in one of the scenes. And the French kid who apparently witnessed the whole thing when questioned by Mobius, um, points to a stained glass window of the devil, or as it is in Marvel Universe, Mephisto. Um, would you really confuse Loki with Mephisto if you'd seen his face? Don't look anything alike. Mephisto's very red. Um, very unlikely you would confuse Loki with that. So what we're going on, once again, is potentially the unreliable narrator of the TVA telling Loki what they want to tell him, and we're going along with it because that's the only information we have right now. But it could be anybody, and it seems like there is definitely a moment where they're going, it's Mephisto. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's certainly, you know, it's interesting. If it were definitely Loki, Uh a variant of Loki, a dangerous variant of Loki, and the fact that they've got the hood up and the face, you know, uh, just in, in darkness, you yeah. can't see anything. Um, and as well, you know, I think one of the Minutemen is on the floor trying to get out of there. And it, it's that horror-esque type thing of being pulled very quickly along the floor. Um, so, you know, does that require the strength of a devil? Possibly. Who mm-hmm. knows? And all I really mean is within... 10 seconds of this show, we got more reference to actual Mephisto than we did in nine true. episodes of, of WandaVision, which everybody thought was involving Mephisto. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But but maybe we were just like timekeepers ourselves because we could see the timeline. Maybe. And see that Mephisto might be there. It may also not be Mephisto. It could be a whole range okay. of different Lokis. You know, Loki has done... a. A lot of things. He's been the Sorcerer Supreme. We've had female Loki. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of Lokis. That... Frog Loki. Yeah. Fro- <laughs> there was Yoki. Frog Thor and well, Frog it, Loki. He shouldn't go to France. Yep. Isn't that croaky, Chris? Mm-hmm. Yes, croaky. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to get in there with that one. Well, that's uh, more of a toad. <laughs> anything on the mission, Chris, on the final variant point? So for me, this is going to be the fun. <gasps> Who is it for multiple? And yeah. I get the feeling... They're not going to reveal the hooded character till five, episode four, episode five. It's going to be two, three, four. They're going to keep it down. They're not going to tell us because I think it's going to be a proper reveal. It has to be. But that being said, like, so there's there's two avenues here. So one is you keep the the variant, the, 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 the hidden evil one hidden. You you literally keep them cloaked for multiple episodes. So they are literally the amorphous big bad. They are the Mephisto. They are a devil. They can be anyone or anything. Because as soon as you take down the cloak, 
you reveal who it is. Yeah. So the, the suspense is gone. You have literally, it's that kind of, um, it's Schrodinger's cat. Yeah, and you build it up to the audience that it's just Tom Hiddleston, so we don't need to reveal his face. You know what Tom Hiddleston looks like. You know exactly what his Loki looks exactly. like, and it could be anything actually under the hood. Some variant of Loki, back, which yeah. could be really interesting. Could be played by a completely different yeah. actor, yeah. And yeah. you said hooded man. I immediately thought of Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you could literally have a scarred Loki who's been destroyed and disheveled by Thor and is angry. Yeah. You could yeah. have, as you said, the female Loki who is in the comic books. Mm-hmm. You have... The, the frog Thor Loki. You can have a devil Loki. Now, I know a silhouette of a frog. That yes, doesn't look true. like a frog. No, but you could have a lizard Loki. A Unless lizard man Loki. turned into a prince. Maybe it had already had uh, a He's had his kiss. Yeah. There you go. No, but that's the thing. As soon as they reveal that cloak, then the, 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 the path is set. So as yeah. of right now, he is both at nothing and everything. It could that have, is a fun part. It could have been a pussycat doll variant that has gone dangerous. A pussycat it doll is. variant? Yeah, because, yeah. Well, instead of a p- pussycat variant, okay. pussycat doll variant, okay. who has now gone massively yeah. dangerous. But I love the fact they keep it cloaked. Anyway, that is the point, is that I love, yeah. like you say, Chris, they've kept it cloaked and there's multiple avenues from that exactly. that, that can happen. And it it's really... Good, but like you say, it it seems to be the the taking of the reset device mm-hmm. that resets the timeline in that place at that time. And it takes it before it's yeah, been it, reset. Yeah. Although the one thing just on that is when Mobius is in the church in Axon Provence, mm-hmm. they then put a reset device down and activate it. So does that clear it? So or is it yes. just clears it from before? So I mean. I guess wherever this has happened, then they can clear it as long as they go there. If they don't know it's happened, then they can't. So it, the devices could be being used to reset something else. Exactly. Uh, which could be, obviously, his own death. It or if yeah. you get enough bad, enough of the reset devices, you bundle them all together to create a nuke. Can you destroy... A time nuke. The... The, a time nuke can you yeah. destroy the main prime timeline and fracture it into multiple excellent loads and loads of questions that will hopefully all be answered throughout the series of Loki uh, you guys got any notes about the episode anything we haven't talked about yet uh, I've got a couple uh, first on um, can I get some Infinity Stone paperweights I know yeah, yeah. they were cool they uh, were cool yeah. that moment when Loki sees all of these Infinity Stones which were so important for 22 yeah. movies in the Marvel Universe and he's kind of going hang on a second you've just got these sitting around here <laughs> yeah. ah yeah the lads just use them as paperweights and even yeah. they don't work in exactly. the TVA yeah. gosh it's and got it's got a good old uh, sort of uh, energy centre to whatever force field it's creating <laughs> mm-hmm. out of that uh, for me that was fun because essentially it's saying that the, the time variant 30 is more powerful than the Infinity Stones and you yeah. get that within by opening a drawer. Yeah, exactly. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm also going to quickly very talk about the, the old D.B. Cooper scene. Yes, this was because kind of interesting. Because this is yeah. hilarious. So, I'll, I'll, I'll jump two things. First, they, they have played up this, uh, this scene in the trailers for multiple times and it was led to believe, or we were all kind of led through the trailers and through kind of discussions that this was going to be a big scene and it was like a mission or something no no loki turning out to be db cooper who i'll go into in a second is a joke is a it was literally a bet by hemendal 
and Thor that he lost and he was told to do. And I'm like, that's fantastic. Like, that just, cool. yeah. it was such a, it was a fun way. It was a fun throwaway thing. Yeah. For our listeners who do not understand who, like, and again, like, Derek, you didn't know who DB Cooper was until I started no talking idea. about it. I had no idea. I only, I only knew because, uh, Chris mentioned it in January and, uh, laughing away about the idea that Loki, that it would be involved in the TV show Loki. And I was going, I have no idea who DB Cooper is. So Chris, who was DB Cooper? Okay. So DB Cooper is the media pseudonym of, uh, Dan Cooper. And back in, it's about 45 years ago, more. It was Dan Cooper? Dan Cooper hijacked in 1971, hijacked a Boeing 727. Mm-hmm. So essentially, the story is, it's exactly pretty much as Loki plays out. Yeah. Um, he, mid through way through a flight, um, he essentially, uh, called the, the, called the air hostess over, gave her a note that basically said, I have a bomb. I want you to land, get all this money, take off again, and get rid of the passengers. And essentially, so that's what happened. They landed, he got the money, they took back up, uh, along with the two pilots and two of the air hostesses. Uh, Dan Cooper essentially put on a parachute and midway, sent the uh, two air hostesses up to the front of the cabin with the pilots. And at some point over the, the second flight, over the over the Rocky Mountains, uh, or I think it was the Rocky Mountains, somewhere in the US. He essentially jumped out. They don't know where he landed. He's never been found. They've never figured out who he is. He got a crazy amount of money, but he, like, no one knows who he is. It was well, like... Well, now we do. Huge. It was Loki. <laughs> yeah. Now we know it was Loki. And it was fun because they found, like, they think they found parts of the money buried, but they're not sure. It's this kind of... It's this ever-evolving, ongoing American kind of mythology yeah. of who, the, who people think he might have been a paratrooper. Some people think that he was a terrorist. Mm. Some people think that he was ex-CIA um, and it was a, it was actually all a big front to uh, get Black Ops money. Excellent. Um, and now we know it's Loki. So we yes. know that that mystery has now been solved. Excellent. Thanks for that, Mystery was managed. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Uh, John, any, any notes from yourself? Yeah. So it's just the, the three timekeepers. We don't get their names. It's just that they're space lizards. Uh, but their names are Ast, Vorth, and Xanth. Um, mm. So I guess we might hear that at some point. But the Time Variance Authority, which was established in... Um, a Thor in the 1980s, issue 372, and um, that, that paid homage, uh, which is really a nice thing to a longtime Marvel writer and editor, but also continuity expert of Mark Grunwald. So all the members of the bureaucracy in the TVA were clones of Mark Grunwald mm-hmm. by the creators, uh, Walt Sanderson and Sal Buscema. So, um, that was that's really that's kind a of really- a nice little uh, salute to yeah. I guess one of the main continuity experts for the comics um in, in this TVA. I think that's uh, really funny, yeah. isn't it? You can see all the all the writers getting together and going, This would be hilarious. You know, the way Mark always tells us we can't do what we want to do because <laughs> it has to fit into the timeline. It has to be part of canon. Let's make him this evil TVA <laughs> in the comic books that makes sure everybody sticks to the canon. Exactly. <laughs> um that's hilarious. And then there's also the 
just a, a very brief reference to a nightmare department mm. in, in the TVA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, so again, possible references to nightmare uh-huh. and having to deal with his um, mischief as, as well in the dream world, yes. potentially. And that kind of made me think whether the, uh, you know, the magic accountancy could be in the same kind of place, you know, this kind of just slightly outside of time and space, I guess, in this fairly static thing. So entirely possible. Just, just to mention, if you haven't listened to our podcast before, John is our uh, resident Doctor Strange fan, uh, as as you may or may not know. I Uh, think they know by this point. uh, Is one of the biggest Doctor Strange villains and was supposed to be the original villains for Doctor Strange 2 until they changed it all up and turned it into the multiverse of madness. So any reference to nightmares. Or nightmare, um, will have a little connection to uh, to that particular villain for John. I'd say yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Every um, time I have a nightmare and wake up in the middle of the night, John goes, "Oh, that's supposed to be in Doctor Strange too." Um, <laughs> there you go, guys. I think that's it for notes and for the discussion of the episode. Uh, mischief managed, as Chris said. Um, do you defend the season premiere of Loki, uh, Chris? Yep. I'm actually quite quite, quite satisfied with what we were given uh, for multiple reasons. Um, core being, it dragged in parts, but it, they managed successfully, in my opinion, to essentially do 22 films worth of character growth. Well, obviously 22 films. So all the films that the Loki was in, the whole first couple of phases of character growth, and the explanation of what the time variant authority is, what multiverses are, what variants are. And they managed, in my opinion, to explain 99% of that mm. well and get the growth of Loki going from the villain of the Avengers 1 to becoming the actual, yeah, to be, to becoming the anti-hero Nearly, near, or at least beyond the path to becoming that anti-hero that we loved from Ragnarok and uh, uh, Infinity War. Yeah, so I completely defend. Excellent, excellent. John, how about yourself? Do you defend this episode of Loki? I, I do. I really defend uh, this episode of Loki. I'd give it four and a half uh, pussycat variants out of <laughs> five. Um, yeah, I just really liked... Um, Tom Hiddleston t- keeping the, his uh, portrayal of Loki uh, alive here, connecting it both, you know, forwards and backwards and around in circles and up, da- up down, roundabout, whatever, uh, to the Marvel Universe. This is really a uh, connected universe when mm-hmm. you see it like this. And I think how... Tom Hiddleston portrayed that, you know, the idea of seeing the stuff that he hasn't experienced because that he's been plucked uh, using the Tesseract out of that timeline uh, from 2012 uh, was really, really good. You know, it connecting to Dark World all of, uh, and all of that I thought was really good. You know, there's this massive intrigue just around the Timekeepers and the TVA anyway about are they good or bad, as you say, or are they just simply this neutral protection of a a particular timeline for whatever reason? Mm -hmm. Um, And whether that in itself may be good or bad and and just the, you know, who is the, the hooded man. And there is it as as simple as agent Mobius suggests that this dangerous variant killing the Minutemen from the TVA, uh, is that simply a dangerous version or variant of, of Loki? Uh, Is it maybe someone else, you know, as we see, uh, the, the devil stained glass window, um, in in the church. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder why the church actually possibly, um, 
commissioned a devil stained glass window, but mm. I guess they do have to show the yin and the yang side. No, it, it's very likely of... that you would have it in that particular position as well, because it looks like a place that you would go to worship the devil, because you don't put a stained glass <laughs> yeah, window maybe on it. Maybe it was a, a happy-looking devil. Yeah, <laughs> normally, maybe. normally you would put um, the devil killing people uh, if you were do- doing a painting of them or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, you know, the, the fun stuff as well, like. Chris, with the saying about D.B. Cooper, just that fun little bit in amongst, you know, some fairly sort of deep stuff for for Loki there with the death of his mom. Mm-hmm. The slow-mo hit at the start between uh, from uh, Hunter B-15, uh, the the sort of getting her back with the, um, the time tag around her neck by Loki. Some real fun little stuff in here as well and with Casey. Yeah. So I just I just thought this had kind of pretty much everything actually i I really really enjoyed it and so absolutely do defend uh this episode of loki derek do you defend this episode yeah there was one really interesting thing that we didn't even mention uh from the uh the bits that were being played back to loki he's shown the death of phil colson and told that that was the reason that the avengers um kind of got together was because he killed phil colson i really was expecting mobius to go and it didn't even work Phil Coulson lived for another nine years and set up another version of Shield. Um, you know, to really expect them to actually roll back uh, Agents of Shield, back really into crush the MCU. his power, uh, sort yeah, of exactly, yeah. exactly. I, th- I really thought they were going to do that, but uh, but seeing Phil Coulson back in the MCU, uh, even though it was just a flashback and and to to include the character, I thought it was really cool. I really, really liked that uh, overall episode. I think was done really really well. They did a, a great job of getting everybody up to speed. It's an opening episode. But I think there was enough of, of in, enough of interest in the episode to make you excited for next week's one. So that's all I was looking for from the first episode. Um, probably a lot of, uh, of information being stuck in there so that we can get ready for next week's episode. I think there's so many questions around who the TVA are and what they're actually trying to accomplish that I think will work really well for this kind of mystery comedy series for the next six episodes. Yeah, and just also another thing we didn't mention was the the great signed declaration of everything they'd ever said when he was getting processed right at the start, mm-hmm. which where there was two new sheets being added, classic, uh, and whether he was a robot or not, and how oh, would he know? Yeah. Um, and I loved the whole Delhi counter judgment, where it was like, even though there were just the two there, Loki and the other guy, it was like, take the take the the ticket for the, <laughs> the delhi judgment mm-hmm. effectively yeah. um, the so other guy that was really in that good. room did you notice when um loki arrived originally there was a scroll standing waiting to be processed and then when the camera turned around the scroll was gone and it was that guy the guy that was uh the guy that was disintegrated for not having a ticket he was the one that was there and i was trying to work out whether that was just a weird edit or was it supposed to be many more people in the room and the the next edit was just the two of them or had the scroll just walked away after being processed but it just seemed weird that they had a scroll in full makeup uh in a scene for about you know two or three seconds and then never seen again in the episode <laughs> i just thought it was a bit odd but uh, there was a scroll there uh, in the episode maybe maybe that will be um uh, something that we can check every episode how many scrolls uh, appear in all the episodes but we are returning to marvel as you know for these for these episodes which also means we're returning to our pub quiz questions if you've joined us before for a pub quiz or if you've not uh, the details basically are john will ask a question each episode uh, of loki and at the end of the episodes at the end of six episodes add all of your answers together all six answers together email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with your answers and you'll be in the chance of getting some loki goodies uh, from us 
for getting all the questions right. Absolutely. And dare I say it, we have returned to our sacred watering hole and we are the three booze keepers uh, <laughs> that re- retain the purity of the tipple mm. uh, that you can enjoy as you listen to our dulcet tones discussing everything about Loki. But yes, the pub quiz returns. And of course, send in your answers to all the questions and um, to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com, as Derek has already mentioned. Uh-huh. Just reiterating, uh, you can send them all in one go or as we go through the episodes of this six episode series. Excellent. What's the question, John? The question is, what speed is Loki moving at after being clobbered by the TVA agent Hunter B-15 in the Gobi Desert? Ooh, interesting. Do you know your record players, I guess, is the question. Oh, okay. That's a really interesting clue. Um, I would just say, what's the start of the episode again? You'll get that pretty quickly. Um, what, <laughs> do you want to repeat the question one more time? Yes. The question is, what speed is Loki moving at after being clobbered by the TVA agent Hunter B-15 in the Gobi Desert? Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Whilst he experiences, dare I say it, the absolute pain of that hit in real in time. real time, yes. Really like that. Thanks, John. And thanks to everybody for listening. As Chris mentioned at the opening of the show, uh, you can support us over on Patreon for any amount uh, each month. Just pop over there to patreon.com slash TV Podcast Industries if you'd like to support us over there. If you want to just support us with a one-off amount, uh, you can also pop over to buymeacoffee.com slash tvpi and buy us a coffee and it always helps us out it um, and we want to say a huge thank you of course to uh, everybody that's been supporting us over on Patreon and on Buy Me A Coffee um, and most recently we've had a few additional joiners over on Patreon we've had 084 Alex Baelish John Daniel and James Figuer. Uh, thank you so much for all of your support over the last couple of months. I'm hoping you're enjoying the content that we're putting out from TVPI. Every penny that you send through to us on Patreon uh, allows us to afford to put out as many podcasts as we do uh, on a monthly basis. So thanks so much for all of your support, guys. Yes, thanks so much to our patrons. Um, really great to have your support. And to our baristas as well over on Buy Me A Coffee. Um, it's great <laughs> to, uh, yeah, that caffeine here is really really good it's really necessary yes thank you so much guys look we really appreciate it I, I, I joke I, I kid a lot about pretty much every time we talk about it um, but I really, we really do appreciate it we really do uh, it does actually help with the edit it keeps our servers up all the little add many things mm-hmm. um, and it, it is a good thing it allowed me to kind of refactor and upgrade the memory on my computer in order to podcast better and less crashes because back in the day about six months to a year ago my computer would crash in recordings at least twice yep it was not good not good with a small bit of an ssd we fixed it yes exactly and for the avoidance of doubt no hamsters were harmed during the making of this podcast of course it's not over yet (laughs) but thank you guys so much for supporting us uh, over on patreon or on uh, buy me a coffee you don't have to support us with money if you if you want to support us another way you can support us by subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your friends because remember sharing the podcast is sharing the love And of course, we would love to hear your thoughts about this series of Loki. You can email us through feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Come on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tvpodcastindustries. We're over on Twitter at 
TV Pod Industries, and you can also record your thoughts in a voice message and email it to us at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or go to our website, tvpodcastindustries.com, where you can record a voicemail for us uh, over on the tab on the right-hand side of the screen for any of the thoughts, comments, theories, uh, chit chat feedback on this series of loki uh, it should be good stuff with Absolutely. what we've seen from this first episode yep this is just the beginning of loki uh the loki podcast on tv podcast industries we will be back later this week with our discussion about star wars the bad batch episode seven uh, as we continue to discuss the bad batch every week thanks so much for joining us we'll be back next week with loki episode two and of course hopefully your feedback Yes, thank you so much for joining us. It is just the beginning of our delving into the mysterious time, multiverse, madness, variance, and everything in between. But we will restore order by the end of the next five episodes. So thank you so much, and we'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, thank you so much, as always, fellow Defenders, for listening to the discussion uh, that we have on Loki and all our podcasts in general. Uh, We can't wait to speak to you again. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending. Bye. 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 Bye.